Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. For our scripture reading this morning, I'll be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 13. Um, What do we do whenever there's a counterfeit? Uh, By counterfeit, I I mean something that looks good, something that looks religious, but it's not from the true God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, That question was posed uh, here by Moses in Deuteronomy. It talks about a prophet who would come and uh, he would uh, give signs and wonders. He'd do some kind of miracle. But then he would go and he'd convince the people to go and follow other gods. Um, God tells Moses that such a person uh, is, is a false teacher and that they should uh, have nothing to do with them. In fact, take him out and stone him. But uh, he says that God allows that in order to test his people to see if they will be faithful to him. We still have counterfeits today. Some who claim to do kind of miraculous things, but don't, don't, uh, don't actually stick to the Bible. And then some who gr- draw big crowds and who tickle each itching ears, um, but who don't follow according to Scripture. So let's read from Deuteronomy chapter 13, starting in verse 1. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you uh, comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you, to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice, and you shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. But that prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery to make you leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. If you turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And some of you might be asking, why aren't we going to Matthew? Um, I, uh, I have a commitment to preaching through Bible books. I, I have been throughout the year 2016, I, I preached uh, through about half of the book of Matthew. From the very beginning, we, we passed over the Sermon on the Mount to come back to it to a later series. And we, we went on from chapter 8 all the way up through chapter 18. So we have spent a long time in the book of Matthew. But, you know, God commands the preacher, to preach all of Scripture. Um, There is a lot more out there than just Matthew. I think some of you can probably agree with me, and I I think you can nod your heads. So, 
Uh, I'm going to take a break from Matthew, and I'm going to do some shorter books. Um, Try to spend some time in some other areas, do some shorter books. Um, But today, um, I have a message that's, that's kind of been on my heart for the last couple of weeks, because at Panama... You know, where it's a new church start, and, and I'm kind of laying some foundation there and trying to kind of share some of what my core convictions are. And I preached this message two weeks ago for them, and it's just kind of continued on my heart, and I want to I share it with you this morning. In 2 Timothy, may have been Paul's last letter, uh, it, it, it was uh, kind of one of the things that he wanted to get off his chest to Timothy before he died. It was towards the end of his life. And, and he, he here gives Timothy a charge, a very serious charge that he is to preach the Word. That is what Timothy is charged to do. And that is what every pastor, every preacher of the Word of God is commanded to do, to preach the Word. Let's read. What Paul says to Timothy, this young pastor, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I charge you, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, having itching ears, they, set, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. You have spoken to us. Just just to think of the fact that the God of the universe, who made the land and the sea and the stars and everything that is, has spoken to us in his word. Lord, we thank you so much for that. Lord, we pray, Lord, we, we are sinners. We confess that to you, Lord. We, we have uh, rebelled against you in countless ways. We have rebelled against you in countless ways even this week. And Father, we pray, Lord, that now as we meet together to hear from you, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see your word and its beauty. Lord, we pray that you would open our ears, that we would have hearts that would be receptive to what your word has to say. Father, we pray now that your spirit would come and be united to your word. And Lord, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing Paul says to Timothy here in this passage is he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ. He, he charges Peter. He's, he's giving him orders. He's saying, this is what you are to do. And he calls 
Timothy into the presence of God Himself, God Almighty, the Father and the Son, calling Timothy into the presence of the Father and the Son. He's talking about how serious this is. This is your duty to be... Nothing should take a higher priority than this. This is your duty. Before God and before Christ Jesus, you must do this thing. He talks about who Jesus is. He says, Jesus is the one who is to judge the living and the dead by His appearing and His coming and in His kingdom. Jesus, we think about Him, we think about Him at Christmas time as the one who was laying in a manger. We think about the incarnation, about how God became a man and how He dwelt among us. We think also all the year round, when we think about the Gospel, we think about how Jesus lived a sinless life and how He did many miracles, how He went to the cross and He suffered and He died for our sins and he rose again. But we also need to remember that he is seated now before the Father and he's pleading for us and he will come again one day in glory. And he will come as a judge. He will judge every preacher of God's word. I should tremble whenever I hear these words as a, as a preacher, as a minister of the gospel. I will stand before this God. I will stand before the God who made the universe and the God who sent His Son Jesus who will one day come again and He will judge me. Have I been faithful in preaching His Word? And He will one day come as a judge and we will all stand before Him. It says He will be the judge of the living and the dead. That means everyone will be there. There will come a day when He returns when every person who has ever lived in the world will be raised from the dead and they will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He will come again and He will be our judge. And that should make us tremble. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He will raise us And we will stand before Him. And He will judge us according to everything that we have done. Every careless word that we have spoken. This is the God who Paul calls Timothy before and charges him in the presence of. And what is it that Paul tells Timothy to do? Preach the word. Preach the word. The word preach, it's, it's, a, it's a word that means proclaiming, heralding. It's, it's like that, that boy that's selling the newspaper. He's saying, extra, extra, read all about it. He's out on the corner and he's just telling everybody about the news. That's what the preacher is supposed to do. He's supposed to go out to the highways and the byways and he's supposed to proclaim and herald the news that Jesus came, that He is coming again, that He will be a judge that we will all stand before, and that we must repent and turn away from our sins and follow Him. 
And He also proclaims the good news that Jesus has died for our sins and that we can place our trust in Him and be forgiven of all of our sins. And there is a time coming when it will be too late. So it is urgent that we must repent while we still have time. This is what the preacher does. And what does the preacher preach? The preacher preaches the Word of God. There is nothing else that Peter, that Paul is telling Timothy to preach. He says, preach the Word. He doesn't say, go preach positive thinking messages about man's psychology and throw the little, a little of the Bible in to, to make it look spiritual. No, he says, preach the Word. Preach the Word. There are many preachers out there, some of them popular, some of them on TV. They might read some scripture as a kind of a launch pad to get off the ground, but then they talk about all kinds of other things. They talk about all kinds of tips about how you can have a happier, more fulfilling life. They talk about how you can have everything that you want. It's a prosperity lie. A prosperity lie. There is no prosperity gospel. It's just a lie. To tell you you can have everything now in heaven too is a lie. We preach the Word. We preach all of the Word. God has given us the Bible as His Word. What do we mean when we talk about the Word of God? It is the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. There is a, uh, we throw around words sometimes pretty carelessly. Um, liberalism is a, is, a, is a word we throw around a lot. Uh, th- there, there are different definitions when we talk about the word liberalism. But classic theological liberalism is this, and I'll tell you what it means. Classic theological liberalism means that they believe that the Bible is just man's writing about his experiences with the divine. That it's not God speaking to human beings, but that it was just man writing about his experiences with the divine. So that the Bible can have errors in it. The Bible uh, isn't really God's word. It's just man's writing about his experience. That is what classical theological liberalism boils down to. So when it comes to things like the virgin birth, all the miracles in the Bible, all those things, they do what's called a demythologization. Now that's a big word. Basically it means you've got to go to these things and recognize, oh, they were an ancient people. They didn't understand the way things are. And they just wrote in myths. And what we've got to do is we've got to kind of find what the kernel of truth is at the center of that to find out what, what really is the meaning. My friends, that's, that's not preaching the Word of God. There's another view called neo-orthodoxy. Neo-orthodoxy. This, set, this was a reaction against classical liberalism. Neo-orthodoxy would say, God has really spoken. We, 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 uh, we, we do believe that God must speak to people. But they accept all of the, the, the critical research about the, uh, the Bible. 
And they would say, well, yeah, there are errors in the Bible and things like that. It is basically what man wrote, but, but God really does speak to us. And so the, what they do is they, they will say, God's word is that place when in the preaching experience, when, we, when, we, when we're listening to a preacher, that God really speaks to us. That's where God's word is. But that's also a lie. My friends... Brothers and sisters, this is God's word from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus said every jot and tittle, none of it would pass away until the end. The Bible from Genesis to Revelation is God's story where he tells us who we are. That song we listen to, who am I that the Lord of all the earth Would care to know my name? The Bible tells us who we are. God created the world. He created human beings and placed us in a garden. And we fell and we rebelled against God. The Bible tells us who we are in the very beginning in Genesis. It tells us what our problem is. It's sin. It's not a lack of education. It's not uh, a bad role models. It's sin. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we all deserve death. Because of our sin. The final word is the final definition here. We've talked about classical liberalism, we've talked about neo orthodoxy. The traditional view is that the Bible is God's word, all of it, Old and New Testaments. So Paul tells Timothy, preach. The word. He says, be ready in season and out of season, when it's popular and when it's not. You've got to be ready at all times. You've got to be ready whenever you're going to preach an unpopular message to stand up and stand for what's in God's word, regardless of what kind of criticism you're going to take. That's what Paul tells Timothy. Be ready in season and out of season. He says the the three things that the preacher does whenever he preaches the word, he reproves, he rebukes, and he exhorts. He reproves, he corrects false thinking. You know, there are many false teachers out there, and, and you know, our world is just a jumbled mix of all kinds of things coming at us in the media. And even believers, they, that we, we suck in things from our culture, and we adopt them. And the preacher has to stand before his people on every Sunday morning, and he's got to correct the false teachings that we hear coming in from our culture. We reprove from the Word of God. And then we rebuke. You know, when we see somebody in sin, it would be easy to just turn the other way and not look. And when we see somebody that's, when the church is doing something that is not biblical, it would be easy to just kind of ride along and not stand up and say something about it. But the preacher of God's word is commanded to rebuke. And then we exhort. Those are, you know, not everything that we do as a preacher is negative. We, we, we reprove, we rebuke, but we also exhort. We are, we are encouraging people. We're encouraging people. Uh, you know, the Hebrews tells us we're to encourage one another every day, even more as we say the day dawning near. We encourage people. And then also, we, we, when we in, 
exhort people. We're, we're telling people what God has commanded and we're saying, this is what we ought to do. This is what we ought to be about. It's a positive message towards these are the things that God wants us to do. So the preacher stands before the people and he reproves, he rebukes, and he exhorts. With complete patience and teaching. You know, a preacher has to be patient. It, it doesn't always, there's not always something that turns around split, in a split second, in a moment. No, we have to be patient. We have to keep going back to the Word and going back to the Word. Sometimes someone won't be convinced the first time. We just have to keep going and going back to the Word. And it's not about... That's one reason why we have to preach the Scriptures. It's not about what some preacher says. We just point back and say, this is what the Word says. Don't argue with me. Argue with God. This is what He spoke out of His Word. But we have to be patient. Patient with people. Verse 3, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. Having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. You know, we we want to find someone who's going to tell us what we want to hear. That's what... what, uh, the news media does when it comes about politics too. You've got conservatives who listen to their conservative talk radio and all their, their Fox News and all those things and we congregate towards a certain kind of media because they tell us what we want to hear. And then liberals, they'll, they'll congregate around different kind of stations, MSNBC and CNN and all those kinds of things and they tell us what they want to hear. Preachers are the same way. People are the same way. You don't like a certain preacher? Get rid of him and try to find somebody who's going to tell you what you want to hear. The preacher of God's Word, Paul tells Timothy, preach the Word in season and out of season. People will want to find somebody who will tell them what they want to hear, who will tell them what's comfortable, who will just coddle them like a baby. But the preacher has to stand up He has to reprove, rebuke, and correct, and encourage, and exhort. He has to do all those things. Not scratching, itching ears. But to stand up and preach God's word. There is a judgment coming. We will all stand before that. That's one of the things we have to do. They'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Some who are even among churches, some who are professing believers, will hear these itching, these teachers who just tell you what you want to hear and will drag somebody away. Because they're so good. It's like the siren song. That siren song, it sounds so beautiful. And the person just follows that siren song off into their death. Paul tells Timothy, verse 5, As for you, as for the preacher of God's word, be sober-minded. Always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, 
fulfill your ministry. What am I supposed to do? What is the preacher of the gospel supposed to do? Be sober-minded. When things are off-kilter, when things are chaotic in our world, in our culture, even in our church, be sober-minded. Don't let people get you down, get you depressed. Don't let people get you upset. But be sober-minded. Remember who you stand before. You're standing before God. That is who I will answer to one day. Be sober-minded. Endure suffering. In spite of whatever criticism might come. In spite of uh, people that might leave because they don't like what's being said. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. You know, we think about an evangelist as someone who, who travels around preaching the gospel in different places. But you know, Paul, he tells Timothy, who's a pastor in one place, do the work of an evangelist. Share the gospel with those around you in our community. Go around, meet people, tell them about the gospel. Don't spend all the time in the study. I think that's one of the things that I have to listen to. Don't spend all my time studying, but be around people. Share the gospel with people. Fulfill your ministry. This is my job. And it's also your job to make sure that that's what I'm doing. As a pastor, as a preacher, I... I stand before God. He is my judge. And I stand before you. It is your responsibility as Woburn Baptist Church to judge. Am I fulfilling what is in this text? Am I preaching the gospel? Am I preaching the word of God? If I start wandering off into telling a bunch of stories and ignoring the Bible, if I start wandering into a bunch of self-help messages and just sprinkling the word on, like I've talked about other people, fire me! (laughs) Please! Because I am to fulfill my ministry. While I'm being told by this scripture, this is what I'm to do, it's your job to hold me accountable to do it. I'm going to return back to the very first verses of the chapter. I charge you in the presence of God... And of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead. And by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word. This is what I am to do. This is what you are to be making sure that I do. And we will all stand before the judgment seat one day. Whether you're a believer or not, you will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You will answer for everything that you have ever done. You will answer for every careless word that you have ever spoken. Are you ready for that day? Knowing that there is a judge that will judge everything that we have ever done and everything we will ever do, it ought to cause us to live differently. There is a judge. We, we don't just skate on in this world until we die and then we're just nothing. 
But there is a life after this one. And what we do here matters. Don't waste your life. Trust in Jesus. Follow Him. Trust that He paid for your sins on the cross. Look to Him. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.